Hello, I'm Gavin Human. This is Home to Home. Each episode, we'll take a look at different aspects of owning your own home, from the buying and selling through to home improvement and speaking to the people that can help. We are looking at a future in Britain where more people rent their homes than own them, but there is a vast difference in the type of letting agencies you can use to find your rental home. How has the letting market been affected over the last two years? And how could some new rules and proposals benefit tenants and landlords? My guest today has adopted a people-first approach to his lettings business and runs a property management company that specialises in HMOs, homes with multiple occupants. My name's Alex Baboris from Baboris Cambridge Lettings. But what exactly is a HMO? So a HMO is any dwelling that's lived in by three or more unrelated people. Uh, and they share kitchens, bathrooms, that type of thing. Um, But what that doesn't say is what a HMO is for the landlord, um, and it's probably the best way of maximising rental income. The average uh, rent for a single-let property in Cambridge is £1,300 a month. Compare that to a HMO of six beds, and it's over £4,000 a month. So potentially a lot more money, but with that comes a lot more work, regulations to comply with. We've spoken to a few people involved in the housing market for this podcast about how the last 18 months have changed the market and their working practices. What have been the main changes and challenges for you? So for us, we're, we're two years old um, and about six months into our business journey, obviously the pandemic hit, so that was uh, a bit of a shock straight away. So in terms of how we operated, things evolved pretty quickly in terms of um, taking on board new technology. So whereas video viewings were always a thing, uh, making them more interactive and more personable was a big push um, to make sure that we're still doing our job in terms of marketing the properties that we're entrusted to look after. Um, And also flexibility. So arranging viewings when we're allowed and under the safety precautions that we uh, uh, had to abide by. Um, Viewings happen sort of out of hours. which was a which was a big big thing. And in terms of the market, actually, when the pandemic hit, um, a lot of our clients are typically relocating to Cambridge for work or coming to study. Um, as soon as everything went into lockdown, there was an initial spike of people leaving, um, going back going back home, living with parents or back to their countries, um, and that was quite difficult to manage in terms of obviously tenancy agreements and so on there's the need to be flexible but then also there's the need to sort of sustain an income for the landlords and being responsible on on both sides was was a challenge and the way that we tried to get around that was being as flexible as possible in terms of our ability to keep them to a tenancy agreement we were quite happy to as long as we can find a replacement within an agreed period of time have one person leave one person come in no charge it just kept everything flowing um, as it should because you don't want to penalise anybody. You're just trying to do trying to do the job. Do you think with you being a, a local independent company, that was an advantage to you? Because I assume some of the big corporate companies wouldn't be offering that flexibility. Yeah, I think you're, you're dead right. I think we have the freedom to do what needs to be done. We don't have any uh, prolonged uh, chain of command. If something is a benefit or something offers a better way of doing something, then we adopt that very quickly. I think I've always, what you do, you're very hands-on. You are the mm. face of the business and you do a lot of the 
the presentation when you're out and about. Yeah. And I think so often with a lot of the corporate companies, your clients are really just numbers. I think yeah. you have a very personal touch with you yeah. for, for your landlords. Thank you. That's that's nice of you to say. I, I think you're dead right. I mean, I at the very start of my um, career, worked for a big chain. And when you were talking in the meetings about stages of, of properties or, or um, uh, your your figures, your, your performance, it was always, always number-based. It wasn't people-based. And in terms of sort of me putting my face out there, that doesn't come naturally. I'm actually quite reserved. Um, but I do it anyway because I think the transparency and that familiarity with your clients uh, makes a big difference. I know we had a conversation going back, it must be maybe two years, and mm. we were just chatting in general and one of those things was about people by people. Yes. And it's building that trust. And Absolutely. It was about making sure that you are that voice of uh, yeah. the business, wasn't it? Yeah, I think you did right. And it, we've had conversations recently about um, office space and so on. And I think the reliance on a brand name, an office space, a location, is sort of, dare I say, it, dying away. And it's reverting much more to um, who you can trust, who you want to work with. It's much more people-led. And that's where I think your your success comes in. I've seen that since January 2021, there's been numerous attempts to get a new bill through Parliament to allow tenants to have pets in their accommodation. Why is this such a controversial proposal? Really good question. And I think, um, obviously, our focus is HMO. So my viewpoint on this will be slightly different. There's a great number of arguments on, on both sides, for and against. But I think the issue of pets in shared housing relates much more to... Um, having to live comfortably with a number of other people. So whereas you might love your dog, chap in number two, you know, might might be allergic or might be fearful of dogs. And it's trying to balance that, I think, is is one. But also in terms of the safety regulations that, that go in with um, houses of multiple occupation, say, for instance, self-closing fire doors, things like that, there's a, uh, a potential issue that pets might get trapped in rooms or trapped in doorways and, and that sort of thing. So I, I I don't see it being that workable on the larger scale HMOs. Um, so that's not an opinion on do I think it's a good thing or a bad thing. I just don't think it really works. And on single lets, I it's a good question because I myself have a couple of properties that I let both single lets and HMOs. And on the single lets, I'm, I'm very open to, to having pets. I think the property is whoever lives in that place, it's their home. And whether it's children, pets, whatever, then, you know, then... Do you, do you then charge a premium for, no. for that? There's no additional charge? No, not at all. I think, um, you know, you're covered in terms of the damage deposit and if inventories have been set up properly and, and so on. So if, if there is that fear that, you know, there's a puppy and it's going to chew your sofa, um, you're covered. And, you know, if a puppy chews a sofa, is no different than, say, in a baby sick on the sofa. I don't see why it's any different just because it's a it's a pet. What do you think about the lifetime deposit proposals allowing tenants to automatically transfer deposits between landlords? I think potentially it's a really good idea and, and sort of offers benefits to, to all parties. For tenants, it saves them needing to come up with two lots of uh, deposit in order to move properties. And uh, in terms of the landlords and, and agents, it cuts down on... Uh, a massive amount of admin. You have offered your expert advice before to BBC's Homes Under the Hammer programme. Firstly, how was that experience? It was an amazing experience, but I would be lying if I didn't say I was absolutely petrified going into it. Yeah, being filmed on camera on such a big stage like that was 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 daunting, but at the same time, a massive uh, tick for our business. 
and we was actually invited along by a landlord client of ours, which was amazing to be to be offered that from from a client. So, yeah, it was a very good experience. Has that, do you think, opened additional doors for you by being on that program? Yeah, definitely. I think because we're so new, um, being able to sort of demonstrate that level of trust. So not only are we sort of entrusted by the BBC to go along there and give our advice and able to prove that we know what we're talking about, but again, that the fact that a, a client of ours has put us forward for that, again, just sort of enforces that that trust and um, respect for our our services, I suppose. Was there anything during the filming that surprised you how that programme's actually put together? It surprised me that Tommy Walsh, who was the presenter of the programme, turned up two hours after we'd finished doing all our filming. Um, so he's not there from the from the beginning. Um, but I suppose that's the life of these celebrities. Um, but no, it's just, uh, it's, I said the production is a lot bigger than I thought it was. Um, and they like it to be very ad hoc. So I didn't know anything about the property beforehand. Um, so all the research and, and stuff had to be done within a very short window. Um, but yeah, it's good. Uh, we did something for location, location, location oh, with Kirsty and Phil. And what amazed me, very similar to what you've just said, we did so much of the filming before Phil arrived. Yes. He yes. was running late. <laughs> And even to the extent that the walking around the house, they just videoed uh, one of the crew members, right, lower half walking around. So you'd think that was Phil. Yeah. And they were wearing identical trousers. It was just an amazing experience. Body double. Yeah, it was literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there anything different you'd consider if buying a home to rent than you would buying a home to own? Oh, massively. Yeah, I think ultimately a home is is an emotional and very much personal uh, view on on a building. Uh, and you might want to base your, your purchasing decisions on sort of location and what you find attractive to you within what you can afford to spend. Whereas an investment purchase has to make sense financially. So you approach it in a completely different way. I think ultimately, though, you, you still end up with a property, at least I would, end up with a property that I would want to live in. But it's a completely different uh, mindset. Looking through at a lot of your social media, which I think you're absolutely fantastic at doing, Thank you. it comes across that you seem to go that extra mile with your clients with regards to refurbishing the properties, yeah. giving them advice on how they should be presented. Why do you go that far? Great question. I think as a as an investor myself, it's just the level of service that I would want, I think. And if I can help people by sharing some some knowledge, and it's something that I enjoy doing, I enjoy being around property, whether it's from the initial point of, of purchasing, if you're renovating, if you're letting, dressing. I genuinely really like all of it. So there's a lot that we do that is maybe not Instagrammable, if that's picking weeds out of a driveway before uh, a tenant turns up or if it's helping them with an investment decision so we've had two landlord clients of ours one of them actually is the uh, the chap that invited us along to the homes under the hammer wanted to pursue hmo so they approached us we helped them select the location and then from that stage we put them in touch with architects we helped with the design from a tenant perspective so what's it is like living in these in these properties because a lot of the time uh, an investor will take on a property want to put six beds in there because that's the sort of sweet spot for the licensing um, 
and sort of forget about storage or how people are actually going to live in these spaces. So the comfort aspect. So we, we influence that because that goes full circle because the tenants that we, well, first of all, it makes it easier for us to find tenants and the tenants that we put in there are going to be happier, stay longer, pay more. So it's a, it's just a, it's a win-win. Your first time landlord, do you think they come to you naively with regards to what they expect from being a landlord if that makes any sense uh, yes i think so in terms of, sort of designing and developing a project for the first time i think there's a lot that catches people unawares so that's why i think we can offer with our sort of power team and in terms of the demands on being a landlord and tenant interface it's it's, it's a it's a lot of work um, and unless you have a, a massive desire to want to manage your self i can understand why people uh, pass properties through uh, agents to to do the heavy lifting for them too many bedrooms is is probably i think the biggest and the most common issue that a lot of landlords or the trap that they fall into um, because obviously more bedrooms means more money yes but if you offered maybe one less bedroom made the other bedrooms uh, a better size or offered them something extra in terms of a reception room a communal space something beyond just the bedroom they might pay a premium for it but ultimately they'll be happier stay longer and it's a it's a better financial decision longer term it makes your property more attractive do you think if you're if the landlord is offering a house in good order mm. compared to a landlord where the house has been let go or gone into a bit of disrepair yeah do you find the tenants will look after the house better dead right dead right yeah um, and that goes right the way through. So in terms of what you offer, so a lot, some of our landlords will offer weekly cleaning. Some of them won't offer any cleaning. Some of them are in the middle. But the ones with the weekly weekly cleans are always the cleanest, not just because of the cleaner, but the tenants are much more minded to, to maintain that standard. Um, so that goes right the way through. So when, it's, um, when the I, landlord cares, the tenant cares. Because I've never known a letting agent do that. Really? Never. No. I think that's really good. Thank you. Really good. Because of the standard accommodation that we typically represent, we don't take on everything and we don't have as much stock as we probably could do, but we're ever so selective on what we take on. Um, and one of the things we talk about is having this sort of golden golden ratio of bedrooms and bathrooms. So maximum of two bedrooms per every bathroom. But our absolute dream is a bedroom and ensuite. But we're having, because of that and the size of the rooms that we, we're typically dealing with, we're having a lot of people that are sort of downsizing from studio flats and one bedroom flats to these sort of all-inclusive quote-unquote mini studios, which has got everything you need bar a kitchen in that space, uh, that bit shared, um, make a massive saving on their, their rent. They don't have to worry about any bills. Um, so, yeah. It's often commented how in France and Germany people are more likely to rent than buy. Reports say that we're heading that way here too. The average age of a first-time buyer is now 34. How do you think this might affect the rental landscape? Yeah, again, really good question. I, um, oh, this is such a big, uh, big topic, so it's a difficult one to, to, to approach. But um, I, I think ultimately people in the UK have this obsession with home ownership and... I sometimes don't quite understand people's reasoning behind that that thought process. Um, I mean, say for instance, shelter. I have a big issue with shelter because the the rhetoric that uh, landlords are buying up all the properties, not leaving any for the young people. Therefore, they're stuck renting, and it's that that view that they can't buy because of that. Where 
we've done a poll recently and 70% of the tenants that we have with us at the time of the poll, so two months ago, um, rent because they want to rent and the reasons being because it gives them the freedom to be more transigent. So they might want to take a job in London, they might want to take a job in Leeds or Manchester, and they can without the baggage of uh, having the property. And also the worry about having, um, you know, bills and, and maintenance. Whereas if you if you were renting, and again, the bills comes into the HMOs, that that's all covered in their in their monthly fee. I have a bit of a, an issue with the, the thought that everyone wants to buy or everyone should buy because not everyone does. I'm a, I'm a big follower of Grant Cardone. He's a, an American sort of... Um, property uh, entrepreneur guys worth many many millions and he rents his property because it means for that reason so if his business boomed in california you can go there if in new york he can move there it's just a different mentality we do sort of quite regular polls and i think that's one of the um thing that makes us different and you mentioned it about being independent and so is we're not just playing a numbers game we genuinely and i hope this doesn't sound trashy but we genuinely want to make a difference we set the business up in order to be uh, a different type of agent um, so that translates through the quality of the homes that we look after the service that we do with the tenants that we mentioned earlier about the uh, the social events so that's landlords and tenants that we have different uh, events for um, and so we ask questions all the time uh, of our tenants so we know that we're heading in the right direction and ultimately that what we're providing them and then marketing to other tenants is right for the market so how do you hope Babarus letting agency will stand out so i hope uh Babarus stands out for putting people first and offering a level of customer service that they won't find anywhere else we genuinely feel very close to the landlords and tenants that we get to work with i hope comes across in in everything we do i mean it, it's very much geared to them and not us um also the quality of our our accommodation we are fiercely protective of our image and what we offer. So uh, as we mentioned earlier, we turn properties away if they don't meet a certain standard and the landlord isn't able or willing to sort of meet that, that, that standard because we want, so like a, any other respected brand, so let's take a big one, like Apple, for example, you know whether you buy a watch, a laptop, an iPhone or whatever, that it's going to be a certain quality. You know what to expect and we want that and this is what we push for to shine through with Babarus. So right from the service, the quality of the accommodation, whether you live with us on Milton Road or Green End Road or Lovell Road or wherever, you're going to get high quality of accommodation and service. People know what they're going to get. Yeah. I think what's very good, you said earlier about your image. Mm. I think sort of when you look at what you do on social media and you do lots on social media, whether that's LinkedIn, Instagram, yeah. uh, uh, Twitter, how important is social media to you? Massive, massive. Um, for a number of reasons, I think. One, it just, we mentioned it earlier about um, it's, it's a people business and you don't sort of hide behind a brand or an office or so on. So the fact that people hear from me, hear what I think, see me at these properties, it feels very real. It's also trust. People can see us on our monthly inspections, uh, picking up litter or, you know, doing the, the menial jobs. It's not just... Uh, you know, professional photos of accommodation. They, they get to see what we do day to day. Ultimately, the big thing I think with social media, what that gives us is um, an ability to communicate with the people we want to work with and build that relationship and trust with them. So a perfect example of that would be a young lady that we were in contact with six months before they decided to come rent with us. Um, and we built 
a relationship over social media. Uh, it was on Instagram. She could see us doing tours of the property, sees the, pro uh, the pictures of um, the rooms that we were representing, started to talk to her about what she's interested in uh, and what her requirements are. So then when I became aware of properties that were coming on board that matched those, I would quickly run around, do a little tour, take some you know, iPhone pictures, send them across to them, and it's, and it's through social media that they even knew about us. I'd be at a property, and she, then she would comment and say that she likes that. In the, so she liked the fact there was a, a bath in the ensuite, not just a shower. So I knew that was important to her. So when I was offering her properties, it was much more tailored. As a landlord myself, I understand what's important to a landlord and what they would want from a service from a letting agency. But equally, the tenants that are in these places, that's their home. And it's important that they are getting good value for money and a service that you would expect. It's a, it needs to be a fair exchange. So our business was ultimately built to try and, and bridge that gap. And I, the first thing you read on our website is that we're making co-living better for everyone. Yeah. That genuinely is our, our, our ethos. A big thank you to Alex for joining me today. If you want to get in touch with him or find out more, here are his links. If you'd like to have a chat with me or learn more about my business, you can find us on www.babarus.co.uk, Instagram at babarus underscore HMO, or on Facebook, Babarus HMO. And Babarus is spelled B-A-B-O-U-R-I-S. And thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Google, or Pocket Cast or wherever else you get your podcasts. You can find those links on my website, gavinhuman.co.uk, where you can also find my social media links. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>